Hello everybody, I'm Mr Cracknell. And I'm Ryan Donegan. And welcome to Sandcast, the only place to catch up on everything Sandringham School related. For those who don't know, Sandringham School is a co-educational 11-18 to 18 school with academy status in the heart of St Albans with almost 1,800 students. Welcome to episode 4. In today's show, we will be catching up with news from the past week as well as hearing from this phenomenal woman. Okay, I have met a president of the United States. As they were, while they were the president? No. An ex-president? And Yeah, a okay. former president, yeah. Who? Guess. <laughs> we look forward to hearing from one of our deputy head teachers, Dr. Creeby. So... Mr. Cracknell, what have you been up to since last week? Uh, last week, it's been it's been a very busy week, actually. So we had Year 9 PTC last week, which is always a great opportunity for us to meet parents and just sort of engage in a, in a whole school community feel um, and obviously talk about, um, you know, specific progress students are, are having. So I, I, do, I do always enjoy a PTC. Um, and always come away with it with a, with a very sort of positive vibe. Um, we had the teacher strike last last Wednesday, um, and what I would say is I, I think the school has adapted very very well. Obviously, it's a very important issue, and I don't want to get too much into the politics of uh, of the teacher strike. But I think the school has uh, adapted very very well, and we had you know, a large group of, of students in, and we were still still able to have you know some excellent provision both in school and and learning from home. Um, there was a DV awards presentation evening on Thursday, and I don't know. Did you do DV? I right? did not. I did not know. You didn't. No. Um, just one opportunity too much that. But but what I will say it was a great opportunity for um, the students involved in DV, and we we have a very very large number of students um, at Sandringham involved, and uh, it was an opportunity to celebrate their successes um, uh, across the year in, on completing both uh, well bronze, silver, and gold awards. Um, and then I'm pretty sure the German exchange has, um, has, has, has been off. So a whole lot has been happening in, sc- in school. But I guess me, um, um, yeah, so there was a lot of sporting success last week. Uh, our Year 11 boys reached the county football final with uh, quite an exciting win over Sir John Laws. And... A lot of netball success last week. We had on Wednesday two national plate semi-finals against Bradfield College and both our under-14 and under-16 performance squad have um, got through to the national semi-final. So then, Ryan, what have you been up to since last week? Um, Since last week, it hasn't been much. I've had a bit of a quiet week. I had a few mid-topic tests that I've been revising for. I had a very interesting required practical in my chemistry lesson on Monday morning where I made a liquid mirror. Did you see yourself? I did. I've got a great photo of it. I'd, uh, yeah, I'd love, I'll show you afterwards. It doesn't quite work on a podcast, does it? Yeah, no, no, no. But but we could have a video feature very soon. Mm. Mm, but can't speak about it too much. Um, but yeah, no, it was really cool. It was actually very fun. And uh, other than that, it's been a quiet week and it's been snowing today. So... Yeah, it has been snowing. I actually got out this morning before school with with my children in the snow. Made yeah. uh, made two very very small snow snow people. But yeah, excellent. So today it gives us great pleasure to welcome another member of staff and one of the most important individuals in the school. 
This member joined us in 2012 as an assistant head teacher and has had a huge impact on so many areas of the school, moving up to become a deputy head teacher and now oversees the school's exceptional curriculum. Welcome to Sandcast, Dr. Creeby. Hello, Dr. Creeby. Welcome to Sandcast. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on this episode. No worries at all. I've got to ask you, do you listen to the show? I do. I love it. it oh, genuinely, it's really heartwarming and it makes me feel really proud to work at Sandringham. Can I ask what your favourite episode is so far? Um, I think... I really like the first episode to get to know you too. Yeah. I found Mr All Day is very funny. Yeah. And <laughs> I think Sham and Maddie's was really impressive. Mm -hmm. So yeah, all of them really. Sorry, I know that's not giving you a direct <laughs> answer to the question. Uh, but yeah, all of them really. They've been great. Great. Um, so on to the, the first big question, I suppose. Uh, we ask everyone here at, at Sandcast. And how have you arrived here at Sandringham School? Um... Well, I arrived in 2012 um, as an assistant head teacher. Prior to that, I was um, a teacher at Dame Alice Owens School in Potter's Bar, um, where I was for, I think, seven years. Um, I loved it there. It's a great school. But yeah, I saw the job here, and it was just such an impressive school, great opportunity. Yeah, there were like 12 people on interview when I came for my job, and it was narrowed down halfway through the day to six. Felt like you're on the X Factor. Um, and then, yeah, made it through then on the second day. Um, yeah, and then prior to that, I suppose the usual route from school. Um, I did my degree, took a gap year, travelled, did my PGCE before starting teaching. So, yeah, that's my route. <laughs> what, what were the, uh, just out of interest, uh, the biggest differences between, I guess, Sandringham and, and Dame Alice Owens? You know, was there any, any point in those two days on, on interview where you were having doubts or was there anything that you, you looked at here and you thought, well, you know, that's such a big draw for, for me? It's, yeah, it's really tricky, actually, because I just, I loved working at Owens and I love working here. Um, they're both great schools that I'd recommend to, like, any teacher or indeed any student or family to apply to. Um, obviously, Owens is partially selective, um, so possibly, you know, there might have been kind of higher prior attainment of some students. I think I remember arriving here and I remember thinking target grades were really high. Um, but actually students achieve them, which is incredible. So very quickly I could see like the ethos of being really ambitious with what you can achieve here and that idea of everybody can be somebody you really live it um, and I think people make exceptional progress in this school compared to where they come in um, which is great and obviously down to students own efforts and family support as well as the school um, I think in terms of like culture and life and things like that that they are quite similar lots of extracurricular enrichment um, yeah, lots of professional opportunities. I think the real draw for me, speaking personally, is just that I was really keen to become a senior leader and opportunities weren't available there. So there was a, a great one here. Yeah. Can I ask, Miss? Yeah. Is, there, is there like a difference in education between like selective schools and just open schools like Sandringham? Um, yeah, I suppose so. Um, sometimes I would say you might get slightly different curriculums and like you might potentially get more students doing particular subjects for example there could be obviously higher outcomes and things like that usually but my experience of working between those two schools is the differences are not that great I think partly because of the ambition of Sandringham but also its scale like our curriculum is really broad so 
regardless of you know your interests or your starting points there is there is a route for you and there's really good support you know at every end you know um that we're thinking about and particularly progression beyond the school and beyond sixth form you know whether it's you know going down you know musical or artistic routes or whether you know you want to do computer science at Cambridge or whatever it might be there's you know someone's here to support you so I think we are quite lucky because of the scale of our school that we have that breadth and that expertise as well. Great um for our listeners uh, can I ask what subjects do you teach? What do I teach? So at Sandringham, well, this year actually, um, and last year, I've just been teaching economics, but um, I am a business and economics teacher by trade. And in fact, when I started teaching, I even taught GCSE, IT and A-level sociology. And I have taught A-level sociology here in my time as well. But yeah, my, my, my most, um, you know, my, uh, my best subject, I suppose, would be economics. And that's really where my heart is. Yeah. Do you, do you still enjoy teaching it is the best part of my week like genuinely like I do really like my job as deputy head and it's a real privilege to do this job um but yeah I I really like it I think um I'm quite lucky with my timetable insofar as I don't have that many lessons um so I'm not you know compared to my other colleagues I don't clearly have the um, amount of planning and marking to do um and I teach sixth form which I really really enjoy i think it's um, a real honour to be part of a student's life at that time because you get to have all those conversations about what they're doing next you know and A-level results day is like really special Um, and much as I know students want to celebrate with each other it's a real sense of professional pride around what students end up getting and it really is down to their hard work but the idea that you've been part of that for a couple of years or just year 13 uh, yeah I love it yeah it's great you know it's it's evident you know you're very passionate about it I, I guess I, I don't think I've ever asked you this question. Why, why, why did you want to teach? Um, that's quite a good question. Yeah, because it was something that, like, when I was at school, I didn't want to be a teacher. Whereas I've got some friends that, like, since they were six, were like, I want to be a teacher, and then became teachers. But I didn't really think of it as school. Like, I remember I sort of went on work experience to, like, a solicitor's office or did work experience with an MP and, like, you know kind of broad things but I I didn't find that they were necessary careers for me through those experiences and it was sort of funny when I was leaving university I don't know quite a few kind of factors kind of came together like throughout my life without realizing I had volunteered like in sixth form I'd volunteered at local primary school when I was at university I'd volunteered at primary school but more like because I thought it was a good thing to do and I enjoyed it rather than it actually being a strategic plan I think um yeah, I think I felt quite proud of myself when I finished my degree. It, you know, it was quite a competitive university. And I think I felt, I don't know, quite indebted to the schools that sort of supported me to get there. And then, I don't know, just kind of a chain of thought was like, maybe I could contribute. And, and then when I came to apply, I actually had quite a lot of experience. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a slow burn one, really. Yeah. Do, do you want to... Uh name drop any of these institutions or schools I feel like you've avoided uh, using their names okay Uh, well I went to school in St Albans I went to Loretto and then for sixth form I actually went to St Michael's in Finchley Uh, I went from one girls catholic school to another which um, makes me sound like a bit of a dork but anyway they were great schools Um, and then yeah I went to Oxford to do PPE can I can I ask you what was your perception of Sandringham when you were at school at Loretto it was Marshallswick school then wasn't it I'm not that old. <laughs> oh. 
worry about it. Honestly, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I thought, I thought. It's okay. When did it become Sandringham? I'm like, I thought it was. Like it, early 2000s? It, no, it was, it was the 80s, I think. Oh, yeah. gosh, I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> That's my fault, I'm so Keep sorry. Keep this bit in. It's quite good to embarrass students. Um, to be honest, and I know this, this will make me sound like a very naive young person, but I didn't really have any knowledge about the school. I think in part, I didn't grow up in St Albans. I lived in Bushy, um, so we'd like get a coach in to St Albans. So I knew like Loretto and St Columbus because they were the Catholic schools. But I didn't really have much of an idea of the other schools in St Albans um, yet, so I didn't have one. Okay. <laughs> I don't know whether that's a, a good thing or, or, or not. There we go. So, yeah, we'll move on to a slightly different topic now. Okay. I'm sure, as you know, today is International Women's Day. Can I ask you, what does this mean to you? And why do you think it's important that at Sandringham we recognise this? Um... It's so important. I just think it's a really key strand of like the equality agenda. Um, I think it's really important to provide everybody in society, regardless of your, you know, your socioeconomic background, regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of your um, gender, for example, that you genuinely have opportunities to succeed and are not pigeonholed because of, of what you have. I think despite the significant progress you know, in some aspects of life and legislation, etc., there just still are sticky issues that don't seem to be changing, whether it's about pay, promotion, etc., and the role of women in society. Um, so I think it's really important. I think it really marries with the ethos of the school, that everybody can be somebody. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really important that we, we celebrate. And, you know, obviously, as a woman um, on the senior leadership team, um, at Sandringham, I think female representation at all levels, you know, in the school is really key. And I think, to be fair to the school, I think if we look at the head students, I think if we look at prefects, I think if we look at the teaching staff, representation on middle leaders and on the senior leadership team, um, I think it's strong. So, um, so yeah, I'm not saying it's perfect, um, but yeah, it's something we need to continue to address for women and for all groups. How have you seen changes since you've been here? Uh, with respect to female representation? Yeah. Um, well, I suppose, I think there's been in my time, if I just take the leadership team, there's always been strong female representation. I suppose having a female deputy head teacher, um, I've, I've only worked at the school, this is my 11th year. I suppose I've been the only female deputy head teacher. Um, but, you know, it would be great if, if we continue to, and, you know, obviously in the future you know, a female head teacher, for example. Um, I think we do have really good representation at middle leader level and that sort of channel kind of coming through. Um, yeah, and I think, t to be fair to all staff, I think there's always been really careful consideration of student leadership and student representation, roles of honour, things like that, to make sure that there's always representation between, um, you know, boys and girls, etc. What about student opportunity? Um... Do you think there are any barriers facing female students at Sandringham School in comparison to their, their male counterparts? Um, the fact that it's taken me a long time to answer this question reflects one that I... I don't think so in terms of the opportunities that we provide. I think... You know, if we take the PE department, you know, there, there's real efforts to make sure that in perhaps some traditionally male-dominated sports that there are, there are female teams, for example. Um, 
so I, I think we go out of our way to do that. I think there are sort of, there's some, still some data sets like the proportion of girls doing computer science or physics and, and likewise the proportion of boys, for example, doing kind of some other subjects um, that we continue to address. But I would say all the all like subject leaders would be very attuned to gender differences. And much as we can't always have 50-50, they would want to encourage through clubs and being proactive and things like that to kind of lower down the school. Um, but I think we're very conscious of it and we're trying our best. Yeah. What do you think the biggest challenge for us as a school in promoting gender equality is? So is it, a, you know, is it a, 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 an imbalance in, in numbers for subject? Is it, a, is it opportunity in a particular area? Um, is it, you know, leadership roles for, for a certain gender? Is there anything? Um, I'm asking you to do my job here as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I think um, I think one thing we could possibly do is to find out a bit more about the why, because I think it's very easy to think, right, let's run this initiative or run this club or let's try and balance the, you know, the gender split in these particular subjects. But we can often throw things or throw opportunities at it, but maybe they're not actually addressing the issue. I remember reading this article, this is going back, probably five or six years now, about why boys were more likely to choose economics. So obviously I'm, I teach a subject that, you know, at school and at university is overrepresented by men. Um, and um, there was some research done in schools where students were asked about why they didn't choose um, economics. And the only question where there was a clear, or the only response was kind of a clear difference between boys and girls, was that girls said that they didn't know what it was, and that put them off choosing it. Whereas actually there was a similar proportion of boys that actually couldn't articulate what it was, but more instinctively kind of chose it, or perhaps that wasn't a barrier to them. And I found that quite interesting around, perhaps we could be better at clarifying information in subjects. Now, that was very specific to like business and economics, for example, but I genuinely don't know why fewer girls do computer science compared to boys. And and the fact that I don't know about, I'm someone that did like physics A-level, for example, which is, you know, girls are quite under, underrepresented in that subject as well. Um, so I think we just need to know more um, about why. And I think if we knew a bit more, then we might be able to target approaches more effectively. So yeah, more student voice basically, which I think is the answer to everything. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a great uh, great response um how can we as a school have an impact on gender equality and essentially how can we create more female leaders at Sandringham you've you've, you've talked about how you feel Sandringham has equity and opportunities um but clearly there is uh a, a greater problem in society uh, more, more, more generally so so how, how can we contribute to that um yeah it's a good question um just before february half term um we had our sort of teacher conference um um for a couple of inset days and i was really lucky actually to like chair like a workshop with um female head teachers from across um the Auburn Academies Trust, so our school's Maldi Academy Trust, so as the head of um, Ridgeway School, the head of Wheatfield's Infants, 
um, and then um, our COO, our Chief Operating Officer from across the trust. And so we were discussing some key themes that actually did seem to really resonate with the audience and those leaders as pertinent issues of perhaps why sometimes women don't necessarily progress at the same rate as men. We didn't cover everything, it wasn't exhaustive, but the themes that came up were um, one around, (laughs) this is is a little bit um, anecdotal, um, and I don't wanna make judgments generally about men, but potentially when women are looking at job descriptions, they might look at them thinking, I haven't done everything on this job description and so I'm not ready. Whereas potentially somebody more confident or someone that might be male (laughs) might look at it and think, okay, I've done three quarters of that. I can do the job, for example. And so there's something about, for some women, the need to feel like they've mastered everything before applying and actually, you know, being more confident about one's transferable skills. And if you don't have the direct experience, what other related skills do you have is, is quite key. So I think something about supporting women or coaching them, thinking about being more confident about applying. Um, Then there's an issue about, another issue that came up was around um, women's preparedness to take on additional roles if they have substantial roles outside of work and thinking about how to manage that, whether that's caring responsibilities, family responsibilities, for example. And obviously men have these responsibilities too, but it seems to be more pertinent in the dialogue of women. And really what came up from the advice of the head teachers was not necessarily, oh, you have to work, you know, 24 hours a day and forego ever seeing your children, for example. It's really about, you've just got to prioritize, you've got to manage your working day. But I think sometimes people might feel like, I'm full, (laughs) my day is full, I can't take on any more. And actually really it's about the way we approach work. Um, So I think maybe more kind of, and I think that was quite reassuring to hear from very senior women, like locally, because I think the perception is you just have to do more, you have to be present more, and you have to forego your own like personal life, for example. Um, and then the other theme that came through was imposter syndrome. But I do think that kind of applies to men as well as women. You know, I don't does. think it's necessarily a female thing. It might just be that females might talk about it more. Um, yeah, so um, I think there's, there's a few things, but I think shining a light on these issues and being quite open and talking about them, um, I think is really helpful. Um, because often you see people in positions of responsibility and you kind of always assume that they're coping and they're doing really well. Most of the time they are, don't get me wrong. But I'm not. But, <laughs> <laughs> but actually being quite open about, you know, this is how I manage. It's not perfect, but it's good and good is good enough type thing. Um, so I think, you know, continuing, continuing to provide forums for men and women to talk about how they manage their professional roles, I think can be can be helpful really um and you know as for kind of structural changes making jobs more flexible and things like that you know there are then more substantial things you can do but i think in the first instance i think um you know being open about about what senior jobs are like i think can be helpful great thank you very much i'm learning so much it's blown my mind um what are what would you say is your greatest achievements in education so far and that could be as a teacher or as a student Oh, uh, yeah, good question. Um, well, my, my greatest achievement has got to be, you know, teaching students and, yeah, seeing where they end up. Like, I do genuinely have a sense of pride, like, when I looked on LinkedIn and see, you know, where students end up and their students I've taught Owens and here. Like, genuinely, that just is brilliant. And, you know, I've used the word before, but it is a privilege to be involved in students' lives 
and uh, to teach them. And it's great, obviously, when they go on to like do economics or there's some students I've taught that work for the Bank of England or in the Treasury. And you're like, wow, you know, I'm still waiting for one of my students to become the Chancellor of the Exchequer. I'm holding out, but I challenge the students every year. And it's the only matter of time it's going to happen. So, yeah, I would say generally teaching. I think probably at Sandringham in particular in my role as a senior leader, you know, I've really loved working on like the teaching and learning and CPD agenda and our, our engagement with research evidence. And I feel kind of quite proud about how there's been a shift and how we've really built practice in that area. And then I think personally, um, it's going back some time now, but I did do a part-time doctorate in my time here. Um, so yeah, it was great actually achieving that. It was genuinely probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I thought, I didn't think I could do it. And then when you actually achieve something that you thought was beyond you, that's real achievement. So yeah, I'm glad I did that. Thank you. So you mentioned that you didn't really have many sort of perceptions of Sandringham whilst you were at school in the city. Um, however, now working at Sandringham, I want to ask you, if you had have come to Sandringham as a student, how would you have fared with the opportunities, the curriculum that exists here? And do you think, it's a very hypothetical question, you would be any different to the person you are today? Oh, um, that's a really good question. Um, I think I would have loved it. It's a great school. My, my schooling experience was all girls. So the big difference for me coming here at 11 would be like coping with boys. Um, but I'm sure I'd have mastered that. Um, so yeah, the curriculum's great. Yeah, it would have given me the opportunities I'd have wanted. I think the, the extracurricular provision here is extensive. And I think to be honest, probably all schools have moved on since the 1990s when I was at school. Um, so yeah, I could see myself being involved in clubs or applying to be a prefect, etc. I think I'd have had the same opportunities. You know, if I, I don't know, it's hard. I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily criticise the schools I was in because of I, course I couldn't. that's, that's yeah. not where, what I'm asking. But, no, no, no. But I, yeah, I get that. It, it would have been a great opportunity, and certainly not thinking myself now. But you know, if I lived close enough to the school, I would love to send my own children here. But you know, perhaps that won't be possible. But um, but yeah, it, it clearly is a special place. So, um, as usual, uh, every week we'll uh, move on to the Would You Rather Ooh, section okay. of the podcast, where mm -hmm. we get to know our guests a little bit better. <laughs> so I'm going to kick it off with, would you rather to go back in time to the Egyptian period or the Roman period? Uh, it'd have to be the Roman period. My husband is an absolute Roman geek, so <laughs> he would probably send me with like a checklist of things to steal and bring back. Perfect. <laughs> um, Tesco's or Sainsbury's? <laughs> the ability to fly or be invisible oh that's a good one i think my better person would be to fly but my slightly <laughs> nosier person would be to, to be invisible let's say fly fly yeah um would you rather be the uh, the best at a sport in the world or the be best at an instrument in the world and that could be singing and all say it's sport sport can i ask mm. what sport oh god oh you see that this is the the funny thing i'm not sporty but i'm also not musical either um what, what sport would you love to be great at um gymnastics <laughs> 
I just loved it when I was a child okay. and it is amazing watching it, but I'm no good at it. Fantastic. <laughs> um, the whole school show or Velocity? Oh, what a question. It's a quick fire round. Okay, yes. whole school show. Oh, <laughs> wow. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Piz, <laughs> um, would you prefer a night in or a night out? Night out. Um, a half or B half? Both. <laughs> really? Sorry. I okay. Uh, cats or dogs? Cats. Would you rather be hot or cold? Cold. Um, McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. KFC or Wagamama's? Wagamama's. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Tea or coffee? Coffee. We are a a healthy school, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love how quickly I'm doing these questions. I don't need to think. Uh, Have infinite knowledge or infinite wealth? Infinite knowledge. Okay. And uh, finally, Mr. Kemp or Mr. Aldo? Mr. Kemp. (laughs) (laughs) So far, Mr. Aldo hasn't been voted once. Uh, uh, right we've got two more questions for you i promise then you can go um what is your claim to fame oh right um i've got a few (laughs) okay i have met a president of the united states as they were while they were the president no an ex-president and yeah a former president yeah who guess (laughs) bill clinton yes we have some context behind that? Um, so his daughter started at my college when I was at uni. So I was in my second year and she started as a master's student. But Bill Clinton went to my college as a, I can't remember what you call it, but where there's like a US, UK kind of exchange. So yeah, so I shook his hand, said hello, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah, so, um, so that was that one. And then for- Was he tall? tall yeah i don't yeah. know why i just quite big physical presence yeah, actually i, 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 I know that. this sounds weird but i remember even look at his hair like everything seemed quite like substantial bill clinton has big hair he had big <laughs> well he had big hair at the time and that would have been 2002 okay, that's i a think scoop, isn't it there we go mm. and then for the the listeners who are university challenge geeks okay i know you that, are. that is me so when i was graduating from my doctorate um Eric Monkman was graduating on the same day. So we may have like shared a selfie together um, because I fangirled him and was like, oh my God. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, there's two for you. <laughs> very, very good. And finally, uh, if you could go back to one day in your time at Sandringham School and relive it, you cannot change a single thing about it. Um, what would it be and why? Um, I think I would probably, there's so many to choose from, but I think I'd probably go back to a time when, going back a few years, the Bank of England used to run a competition where they would set students the challenge of trying to do their job, which is setting the interest rate each month. And so we entered students each year and it was a really hard competition. You're judged by people from the Bank of England, for example, and we'd go to these competitions and compete against private schools, grammar schools, etc. And uh, I ran this for a few years and yeah, taking students through, like winning a local round and then going into London to actually 
present in front of members of the Monetary Policy Committee. Um, I can think of one in particular that was amazing. I wouldn't change anything. I didn't present, of course, it was the students, but seeing them step up to genuinely not even degree standard, but like professional level economic standard, you know, it's that feeling of like real pride. And it's where, again, students have stretched themselves. You know, I couldn't make them do this work. And, you know, you just sort of coach them. But um, yeah, it's just brilliant. What, what they can do amazing and you you know you, as you say you might not have, have coached them directly to do that but you've facilitated that and you've given them that opportunity and that's everything that we keep coming back to so um look we've we've run out of time but thank you so much it's been an av- absolute privilege to uh, sit and talk to you uh, this afternoon and uh, some some really important issues we've discussed as well so so thank you very much well thanks for having me and keep on doing what you're doing because i love this podcast oh, thank you very thank much you, miss. Wow, Ryan, um, what what a conversation. Uh, as, as I said, it, it really was a great opportunity to speak to Dr. Creevy this afternoon. Um, and, and I've learned so much about, about her, but I guess her motivations as, as well mm. in, in, in school. Um, what, if anything, was, uh, was something that you could take away from that? Um, other than it all, because it was genuinely very interesting. Um, I found the article she spoke about with um, how boys and girls will view trying to start a new subject differently and um yeah ah dr creepy blew my mind away it was amazing yeah as you say uh maybe it's something that we 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 do need to get our teeth into and and look to ensure that there is representation you know of, of of all genders uh in in every subject but yeah what a fascinating conversation um that concludes today's episode thank you again for listening to sandcast we really do hope you have a great week and look forward to catching up again next week in episode five. And remember, everybody can be somebody.